Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So last week, there was a court ruling in the U.S. involving the Marriott Hotel Group resort fees and advertised room rates. It's a small victory for consumers in the fight against hidden resort fees. So we'll get some insight from the folks at Travelers United about the ruling and resort fees in general. Then we'll head to Costa Rica and visit the luxurious Tabacon Thermal Resort and Spa. It's a beautiful place to spend a few days and nights. And later in the show, we'll check in with Celebrity Cruises to learn about the Celebrity Eclipse, the ship we're going to be sailing on to Alaska at the end of May next year. And we'll get some insight on what it's like to take a cruise right now. But I want to start our show this week, as I mentioned, talking about resort fees. There was a recent court ruling in the U.S. involving the Marriott Hotel Group, resort fees, and advertised room rates. So to give us some insight on what the ruling means and resort fees in general is Charlie Leoka. He is the president of Travelers United. Their website is travelersunited.org. Hi, Charlie. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Uh, let's talk about the problem of resort fees in general first before we dive into this uh, lawsuit and what it means. Uh, what's the problem with uh, resort fees? Well, basically, resort fees allow hotels to uh, put up false advertising. And what we, when you comparison shop or you attempt to comparison shop uh, between different hotels, you're comparing their room rates. Mm-hmm. And all room rates are, you know, that means how much it costs you to spend the night. However, many hotels charge resort fees. And those resort fees do not show up in the list of room rates. And that's where we really have a a major problem with the hotels. And we've been fighting this now for more than a decade. And it's just been um, very frustrating because the uh, FTC, who is supposed to look at uh, advertising and control advertising has required the hotels to disclose the resort fees. And so what you do if you buy a hotel on Expedia or any third party or uh, Priceline, uh, what you end up doing is they say such and such is the room rate. And then in gray letters underneath, it says, uh, you may have to pay this much more money at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then people get to the hotel and they go, well, I've already paid for the room. They said, well, you have to pay this. And here it is. It's written right here. It is disclosed. And that doesn't help because people, one, they can't comparison shop. And two, they think that, the re- that these resort fees are really hidden fees, which are just used as gotchas for the hotels. Well, for sure. Uh, if you're doing a, a search by price and you go by the cheapest price, well, a hotel can throw up $90 a night and get up at the top of the list, and then they add another $25, $30 a night with a resort fee, which, by the way, um, you may or may not even use the, some of the things that they're charging that resort fee for. Exactly. And the other thing is, is one of the other uh, things in, in our lawsuit that we spoke, we, we talked about in our lawsuit against MGM Resorts, is that we are, we are talking about um, the resort fee not changing whatsoever, even though the pool is closed, mm-hmm. even though um, a lot of the breakfast buffets and so on aren't happening. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, whatever you go to a hotel, if they say you have to stay overnight and it's going to cost you this much money, then that should cover all of your overnight stay, including all of the mandatory hotel fees. 
Exactly. And I don't care if they've got extra mandatory hotel fees. They can have 50 mandatory hotel fees as long as they make it part of the overnight room rate. Well, yeah, for sure. Now, tell us about this ruling uh, with Marriott in a Pennsylvania court. Right. Marriott has now reached a settlement with the uh, attorney general at uh, Pennsylvania. And in that settlement, they have said that they will include the room rate, include in the room rate, all mandatory hotel fees. Uh, We're still waiting to see what that's going to look like. They have 90 days to pull it off. But the big deal is, is that this is the first crack that we've ever seen in more than a decade in terms of hotel resort fees and getting them uh, advertised in part as part of the room rate. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for us. And the other thing is, is that we have three other lawsuits which are going on right now. Uh, One has been uh, promulgated against Hilton Hotels by the Nebraska Attorney General. The other one has been promulgated against Marriott itself by the uh, D.C. Attorney General. And the third one uh, has been taken up by Travelers United, that's us, against uh, MGM Resorts. And so we are now in each of these uh, lawsuits, we are trying to get the resort fee included in the overnight rate. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, like you say, like who cares if the hotel charges a resort fee as long as it's upfront and you know you're paying it before and you can choose whether or not you want to stay at that hotel. So do you think this Marriott ruling will have an effect on future rulings, perhaps the ones that are in court right now? I hope that it does. I think that a lot of the judges are going to take a wait-and-see attitude, number one. Number two, I think that the other um, hotel chains are going to follow Marriott because Marriott is the largest hotel chain. And Marriott is going to come up with a good system, which they think will still allow them to be competitive because they're not going to want to have all their hotel rooms costing more than someone else's hotel room Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're advertising their hotel prices together with the resort fees. And so I'm going to have to see if we're going to look very carefully at how all of this plays out. The great thing about this settlement is that Marriott has agreed that they're only going to have to pay a fine of something like $100. And so they're they're really doing it because the AG from Pennsylvania is saying, look, we're going to you go ahead and you do this. You do the right thing and we won't fine you for all of the, the bad advertising you've been having now for all these years. Well, kudos to Travelers United, too, for fighting the fight. Uh, Charlie Leoka is president of Travelers United. You can find all kinds of great information on their website, travelersunited.org. Great chatting with you, Charlie. Thanks for the update. Okay. Thanks a lot, Randy. I really appreciate you um, putting this out. And anyone who's going to the United States from Canada is going to have to uh, deal with these re- the question of resort fees. So make sure you know what you're paying for and no- make sure that you know what's included in your overnight rate when you make your reservation on any third-party site. Good advice. Thanks, Charlie. Take care.
Well, Costa Rica is still a popular vacation destination for many travelers. And if you're looking for a quieter getaway in a luxury spa resort located in a rainforest reserve, look no further than the Tabacon Thermal Resort and Spa in Costa Rica. And joining us now to tell us more about it is Mario Makowski. He is a board member for the Tabacon Thermal Resort. The website is tabacon.com. Hi, Mario. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank for you. the opportunity. Well, you're very welcome. I'm looking forward to hearing about the Tabacon Thermal Resort and Spa. Before we talk about the spa and the resort, tell me the story around the, uh, the resort itself and, and how it became what it is today. Back in the early 1990s, my father was a, an architect by profession and by education. He was an avid lover of nature, um, really creative mind. Uh, did a lot of very interesting projects throughout his lifetime. And uh, he was in search of a hot springs property. Uh, his original vision was not necessarily to look into tourism or wellness, as in 1990s, Costa Rica was not necessarily positioned in the world as a destination for tourism. He was interested in bottled, bottling mineral water. Um, so he found an ideal property huge hot springs that came from the heart of the Arenal volcano, then one of the most active volcanoes in Costa Rica. It, it was next to a town called La Fortuna, which is a sleepy little uh, town of farmers and uh, cattle ranchers. And uh, he found this amazing property. Middle of 1993, the process was completed and Tawakon opened basically as a day destination for day visitors that happened to be in the area or driving through on their way to the beaches. And um, that's how Tawakon started, and basically that's how tourism, the Arana Volcano region, and the town of La Fortuna started um, and grew ever since. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks absolutely fabulous. I am looking on your website, tabacon.com, some of the images. Let's talk about the rooms and the suites. Uh, how many rooms do you have, and what's the overall experience? So Tawakon uh, grew to what is today 105 total guest rooms, uh, divided into five-room categories from rooms to suites. Uh, last renovation on the entry-level category called the Orchid uh, Rooms was finished in 2018. The suites were finished in 2019, and uh, we're underway to finishing up uh, two more suite categories to complete uh, full renovation on all categories. So the rooms are fantastic, but the goal, if you're doing it right, is you wake up, you uh, leave the room to have breakfast, you go on one of the uh, 50 or so different um, experiences, adventures, nature trips, uh, cultural volunteer experiences and opportunities in the Arenal Volcano region. You're back in the resort, spending time in the relaxing hot springs, walking around the gardens, exploring the property, going to the spa, and then eventually you dine either in one of our three fantastic restaurants or you have the opportunity to go into La Fortuna where you're going to find over 40 different places for to eat from food, with food from all, all over the world. Uh, let's just uh, back up a bit and, and, and uh, tell where you're located and the best way to get there or the easiest way to get there. Okay, so we are in the northern region of Costa Rica. It's the, it's the county of San Carlos, which is the largest and the most productive in Costa Rica. So two and a half hours north of the San Jose International Airport or three hours 
east of the Liberia airport. Similar, similar driving times. Typically, uh, we recommend landing in one airport, exploring the middle of the country, moving north to us, and then you can either move um, west to the Guanacaste beaches, then eventually depart from Liberia, or move south to the Central Pacific, or again, back east to the Caribbean, and then come back to San Jose for your return flight home. So you have a lot of options Mm -hmm. in terms of connectivity and how to route your vacation. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the time of COVID, uh, and you do have uh, all that explained on your website, so I don't want to go into too much detail about it because it's, it's changing constantly. But are you at full capacity right now? We are, yes. Costa Rica reopened to international travelers. And uh, if you recall, international at the time was basically some Latin American countries and the U.S. traveling because most of Europe and Canada were closed. So this was back in August of 2020. But by the spring, early spring of last year, when the vaccination in the U.S. started taking hold, um, demand really increased to the point where we've had uh, very healthy um, in both ways, financially and <laughs> and thankfully, um, from the human perspective, year in the, the last nine months of 2021. That's good. Uh, let's talk about the hot springs. That's got to be a, a main attraction for a lot of your guests and visitors, I would think. Absolutely. So our hot springs come from the volcano. It's an underground river that gets heated by the um, magma inside the volcano it springs about um two kilometers up the mountain from the landscape area where you're going to find the waterfalls and pools so the the temperature where it um springs and by springs it means it's a hole on the side of the wall and the water starts gushing from the hole and eventually forms a little stream or river um so it it, it, it springs at about 50 degrees celsius and then it, it cools down a little bit as it moves down the mountain. Um, the area where guests are invited to explore, go under the um, waterfalls, go into the different pools, uh, is between 30 and 40 degrees. And that's because some areas we bring in some cold water to give guests the possibility to, to go into colder water, hot water, and jump for and have that sort of temperature therapy along with the different water pressures under the waterfalls and the, and the different pools. So you have different pressures, different temperatures, different levels of uh, privacy. Uh, we have a corner of our resort. We call it the Shangri-La Gardens where um, it's an adults-only section. It's a little more conducive for the wellness traveler, uh, areas to rest, areas to have a nice cocktail. We have private hot springs for them in there. And um, it's a really nice, a little more upscale area within our resort. Since we have little time, I would like to add uh, some of the points on our sustainability practices. Mm -hmm. because That's a very important value for us. And we do a lot in our three pillars of sustainability. We work on uh, uh, trying to be efficient on the use of the resources. We obviously do a lot on protection of the environment. uh, And finally, community outreach. So... Uh, we have over 300 hectares of protected primary and secondary rainforest. Uh, we, we're, um, we're a carbon neutral hotel, um, and we're trying to lower our emissions. We are working on eliminating single-use plastic on property. We heat uh, the bathroom or the shower water in the guest rooms with water from the volcano, so it's naturally heated. We just finished um, installation on 800 solar panels 
on our rooftops, becoming the first um, hotel in the country in our size to be self-dependent on producing its own clean energy. We have charging stations for electric vehicles, you know, trying to do our part in, mm-hmm. in keeping La Fortuna and Arenal sustainable, uh, growing together. Well, it all sounds just absolutely fabulous, and it looks great on your website, too. The Tabacon Thermal Resort and Spa, tabacon.com is a website, and Mario Makowski is a board member of the Tabacon Thermal Resort and Spa. Again, their website, tabacon.com. Thanks for your insight, Mario. It was great. You are very welcome. Well, you may have heard that we are taking a cruise to Alaska at the end of May next year, and we'd love to have you join us. We'll be sailing with Celebrity Cruises on board the Celebrity Eclipse. So I thought it might be a good idea to find out more about what it's like to sail with Celebrity and the Eclipse itself and what it's like to take a cruise in general in these times of COVID these days. So joining us now to answer all those questions is Chad Kowalenko, sales manager for Western Canada with Celebrity Cruises. Celebritycruises.com is the website. Uh, let's talk about the Celebrity brand. Uh, I personally have not sailed on Celebrity, but uh, talk about it in general. What sets Celebrity apart? I understand it's an award-winning cruise line, voted best cruise line by uh, LA Travel Magazine in 2020 uh, for the uh, like the readership poll. So you got to like that. I'm going to tell you the the best way to understand celebrity cruises is that we are luxury, but I would say we are affordable luxury because when you look at our price point, uh, I think we are right in the ballpark of what a lot of mainstream cruise lines uh, charge. Um, but you get a lot more included with celebrity, and we are certainly known in the industry as the floating Fairmont hotels and resorts. We are definitely an upmarket brand. Um, when you see, uh, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's no secret in life you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. We've spent more money than any of the other cruise lines to build our ships, and it really shows in what our floating hotels and resorts look like. So, if you could put the Bramp Springs Hotel and sail it around the world, that's uh, Celebrity Cruises. Nice. Well, I do like the phrase uh, affordable luxury. That's my kind of luxury. Um, we will be sailing uh, to Alaska end of May, May 29th to June the 5th on the Eclipse. Tell us about the Eclipse. What's it like? So, you know, I, I sail on the Eclipse. Um, and before COVID became a part of our world, I think I had taken five summer vacations with uh, my wife and kids on the Eclipse. It's an absolutely stunning ship. It's arguably the most luxurious cruise ship on the Western seaboard. Um, it's a medium-sized cruise ship, so it's not a mega ship, but it's certainly not tiny either. So it does have all of the amenities and a whole lot of entertainment on board, etc., and uh, it, uh, going out of Vancouver, the Celebrity Eclipse does the inside passage on the inside of Vancouver Island, which has kind of got uh, the very best of the marine life viewing and your uh, opportunity to see the pods of killer whales. In fact, I remember a great uh, evening where we were coming up the inside passage just near Campbell River. The sun was starting to set. Um, my wife and I were at the Martini Bar, and it's floor-to-ceiling glass there, 
and there was a giant pod of orcas that was breaching right outside the ship. So you're having a martini. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you're, you're dressed up, heading out for dinner, and you've got pods of wild orcas right there. Absolutely fantastic. But that very luxurious ship um, was refurbished uh, just before COVID, and uh, it was to the tune of about $9 million. So she looks very fresh and new. Well, I will agree that uh, that part of the Inside Passage is absolutely stunning. I'll I'll also agree that uh, one of the best part of cruises is entertainment, entertainment and food. Uh, Certainly no shortage of food uh, when it comes to a cruise, but celebrities known for its culinary experience, isn't it? You know, what I would almost recommend, because I think when people think of cruising, they just assume every cruise line is going to have great food. And, you know, with the majority of cruise lines, they have average food or slightly above average food. And then they make you pay to go to specialty dining to experience the really good stuff. Mm. Celebrities known as a culinary cruise line. We win a lot of awards for our culinary. Most people feel that the menu offerings in celebrities' main dining room is the equivalent of what a lot of other cruise lines have uh, in their pay um, pay-per-use specialty dining restaurant. So it is exceptional culinary. And uh, Danielle Ballou, for anybody that's listening that is a Netflix watcher and watches the culinary shows, The Final Table is a really great culinary program on Netflix. And Daniel Ballou is mentioned numerous, numerous times in that series. And he's actually our culinary ambassador that helps craft our menus to make sure that we stay on the top of our game for the best culinary at sea. So what is it like to take a cruise these days? Uh, I'm sure there's, you, you probably get this asked a lot. Uh, you know, is it safe to take a cruise? Uh, you know, am I going to catch COVID? All those types of things. So walk us through the whole embarkation process and what it's like to be on a cruise now. Yeah, you know what? It, it's great timing for that question because I have just actually come back from two cruises. So I did a cruise on the western seaboard doing California and Mexico as uh, one of the Pacific Coastals with Celebrity Cruises. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to Canada for a few days and then I took off uh, to Florida and cruise the Caribbean on one of our brand new ships, the Celebrity Apex. So I, I do have the experience of actually living what it's like to be traveling right now and cruising again. And I can tell you, I'm so happy that I got to actually experience that firsthand because what I kind of thought and what I maybe assumed things were going to be like versus what I got to experience really helped give me clarity and kind of Uh, turn me around a little bit on some perspectives. So the first thing is traveling right now was actually pretty smooth. Everybody has the protocols in place. And when you're flying to Florida or wherever it is that you're flying to, uh, I think the protocols for uh, traveling right now are really great. I felt really safe. We got to uh, Florida. When you uh, are going to embark the ship, you have to have had a negative COVID test within two days of boarding the ship. So you have to have that with you. Uh, If not, they can test you at the pier. But it basically means we're not just asking our guests, are you double vaccinated or fully vaccinated? That Mm -hmm. is mandatory. Mm -hmm. 100% of the guests getting on our ships do have to be fully vaccinated. 
But that's not enough. You know, you, it, it's one thing to be fully vaccinated. It's another thing to be fully vaccinated and have a negative COVID test mm-hmm. so that if you know 100 people or sorry, 100 percent of the people getting on board a cruise ship are double vaccinated and just were tested and are showing negative, then we know we've got the safest environment anywhere in the world, whether it's on land or sea. And to get to put some perspective to this, um, we have nine of our 15 ships sailing again, and they have been since June. And we are now kind of approaching the end of November. So we've been sailing for six months, half a year. And every time that one of our ships turns around, it's a couple of thousand people that are leaving and a bunch of, uh, you know, a couple thousand new guests that are getting on board. So we've had lots and lots and lots of opportunity to see are our new health and safety protocols solid? Is this working? And in the entire time of running nine ships for six months since June, we've had one positive case that was right at the beginning in June, and we pay to fly those people on a private jet back to Canada because otherwise they wouldn't be able to get home. So we have something called COVID assistance, and uh, so we've been covering that to to get people home, but we've only had to use it once because we've only been challenged once right at the beginning of our restart. So I feel like once you're on the ship, it's almost like life was before we knew what this pandemic was. You don't need to social distance. Uh, The dance floors are open. The music is loud. uh, People are hugging. Handshakes are okay. You don't have to wear a mask on board the ship. Uh, because, again, everybody on the ship has tested negative and everybody is double vaccinated. So there are a lot of health and safety protocols behind the scenes keeping everybody safe. Mm. But in terms of that onboard experience, I can't go anywhere. I live in Vancouver. If I want to go to a restaurant, I still have to wear a mask if I'm not sitting at my table. Nobody's checking me before I go to Walmart to see if I've got a negative COVID test. So the, the safest place you could be anywhere right now <laughs> is actually on a cruise ship. And let me tell you, after having two weeks of that kind of experience and just kind of going back in time about what it felt like to not have to wear a mask and not have to worry about social distancing and be able to hug people again, it felt really, really good. Uh, good enough where I just booked my wife and I uh, to the Caribbean nice. for the first two weeks of January. So. It's time. We're running short on time, but I do want to touch on shore excursions, how they work. Uh, are you sailing at full capacity? And let's just and just touch on PCR testing if that's done on board. Sure. So um, we are not sailing at full capacity, and we will not be in 2022. So it is a greatly reduced capacity, which is great because you've got a little bit more uh, space and uh, kind of feels like a bit more of an intimate experience on mm-hmm. the ships right now. So that is great. Shore excursions are as per normal, Um, so you can get off the ship on your own. You can take our shore excursions and have your experiences in the different ports of call, but they're running like they've always ran. And uh, for PCR testing to come home, which is a great point that you raise, so we've actually uh, put the labs and the testing facilities on board our ships, and for $95, you will get your PCR test uh, booked for yourself on board the ship on the day before you disembark. 
Uh, it takes about five minutes to get that done. You'll have your negative test results uh, delivered to your stateroom, and you'll be on your way to the airport the next day uh, without having to find a lab or go through any hassle. Nice. So it's super convenient. Well, it's going to be a fun time. Chad Kowalenko is the sales manager for Western Canada with Celebrity Cruises. Come join us on our cruise to Alaska. You can find the details uh, on our website, theinformedtraveler.org. If you want to find out more about Celebrity Cruises, their website is celebritycruises.com. It was uh, fun chatting. Uh, Chad, thank you so much. Yeah, looking forward to having you on board. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.